Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. Our current sermon series is called Remember and Proclaim. The title of Dr. Splon's sermon today is We Send People Out. The text comes from the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. And the theme is that the church in Antioch commissioned Barnabas and Saul to go out on Saul's first missionary journey. Mount Brook Baptist Church has a rich history of planting churches, training ministers, and sending out missionaries. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts. It's going to be in Acts chapter 13. If you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 781. It's intentional that we don't print the text for the sermon in your worship guide. We really do hope that you will find your Bibles and then you'll open up. And it's a reminder that each passage that we look at is not an isolated passage, but it's found in God's overarching story of redemption in the Bible. And so always hope that you'll find your Bibles and or turn them on and get to the right place. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's 940 and we still have business to do, and here he goes. Well, I I want you to know that uh, I see everything that we've done as worship and everything that we've done as ways in which God speaks to us through testimony and through song and through prayer, and I vow to you to keep my words um, few. So Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. How how do you determine if someone is a great coach? How do you determine if someone is a great coach? Now, the obvious answer to that question is wins and losses. Someone's a great coach, they win more games than they lose. And I'll have to tell you, if that's the case, then there have been very few great coaches at the University of South Carolina, my favorite team. But we know that coaches are um, measured on their greatness on things that exceed wins and losses. But the best coaches that I've seen or been a part of are, are people who understand that their role as a coach exceeds wins and losses. That they're... Um, feel this deep sense of commitment and calling to make the people on their team better people, to invest in them, and they understand that one day all the things that happen on the field will cease, but they'll continue to be citizens operating out in the world who we hope will be better people because of their time spent in athletics. I think one of the ways you gauge someone who is an effective or great coach beyond just wins and losses is how they invest in people on their team. Another thing that I would say that separates good coaches from great coaches 
is the fact that oftentimes they invest in other coaches on their staff such that those people are then equipped to go out, to be sent out to run their own team somewhere, and they also succeed. We hear a lot about that these days, and we hear about coaching family trees even. Now, there was one in the news this past week that got a little contentious, friends. But it doesn't take away from the fact that as we watch people go out and Kirby Smart wins a national championship, we know that he used to coach at Alabama under Nick Saban. And one of the ways that we look and we say that person was a great coach was the difference they made in people who were then equipped to go out and do that work somewhere else. How do you determine if a church is a great church? How do we determine if a church is a great and faithful church? There's a lot of ways that we could try to measure it. How many people show up on Sundays? How much money is given to the budget? You've probably heard that over your time in a Baptist church is nickels and noses. It's one way that you could measure the greatness of a church. But I think one of the things that we see in the book of Acts that reminds us of whether or not we're being faithful to that which God has called us here at Mount Brook Baptist Church is the degree to which we send people out to join God's work in the world. And that's why days like today excite me. That our church is not primarily focused on making sure that we have more people than some other church down the street or our budget being bigger than some church down the street or even our sense of commitment to each other. Most of the sermons in this series and acts so far have related to our commitment to love and engage each other. But another characteristic that has always been true of Mount Brook Baptist Church, as far as I can tell, is that there's been this sense of commitment to look outside of our walls and to join God in the good work that he's doing out there in the world. As we send teams to Ohio, as we send teams to South Alabama, as we send teams to the Dominican Republic, that is an expression of our commitment to not be inward focused, but to be outward focused and to steward all that God's entrusted to us so that we might send people out to engage in God's work in the world. And I can just tell you, I mentioned Ann Peyton Baker being in the Dominican Republic. Ann Peyton is emblematic of lots of people who've come through Mountain Brook Baptist Church. And they've been raised in our children's ministry and in vacation Bible school, and they've gone on and they sensed God calling them into ministry. And I could go around and I could name person after person who has been blessed by the ministries of Mountain Brook Baptist Church, and we've nurtured a sense of call in their lives. And they've gone out obedient to what God has called them to do. And and my hope and prayer is that as a church, we will continue to emphasize that. That we'll continue to be the kind of church that gives our young people and our students opportunities to engage in ministry. And that we would do everything that we can to nurture God's sense of call in their lives. It's one of the things that excites me the most about our church moving forward. It's one of the reasons why Luke did our offertory reading this morning. 
It's one of the reasons why we have children up and engaged and involved in ministry leadership in our church. Because our hope is that as they are engaged and involved in the things of God, that it might be that God would place on their heart a deep sense of joy and purpose as they're involved in the things of church, and that we might be a community that nurtures that in them. I hope Student Ministry Sunday expands. For those of you who have seen nervous youth make their way to the front of your Sunday school class, and their lessons are usually as brief as you hope my sermon will be today, but they go out and they engage in ministry. And the Lord has been gracious to raise them up and send them out. Our church has a history of planting churches. Did you know this? I sometimes wonder as God adds new people to our church that we forget that in the late 60s, early 70s, we were a part of God and his work to plant Brookwood Baptist Church. And then again in the 80s, we were a part of God's work to be a part of planting Meadowbrook Baptist out 280. And here's what happens as you and I engage that identity and that sense of mission to be a part of not only worrying about ourselves and the health of our church, but to look up and to look out and to join God in this work of raising up people from our congregation and sending them out to be engaged in ministry or looking for church partners that we can identify and we can be a source of blessing as they seek to be faithful in the places that God's called them. That this thing happens in us that we find a joy and an excitement and a vitality that we can't experience if everything is just about us and making sure that our ministry is sustained. I'm reading a book, I may have mentioned it to you before, it's called Churches and the Crisis of Decline. There's been a lot of studies done, as you might imagine, about churches and how can churches remain vibrant and how can they move into the future and not navigate the waters that are changing around us such that we no longer have a place in society. And one of the things that the gentleman who wrote the book said that that really stuck with me is that as churches, if they get focused on surviving, if they get focused on just making sure that they're always there, the opposite thing happens to them. And the more that they're just worried about surviving, the less they live into God's mission and his call on him, and it's counterproductive. But if you and I want to embrace God's future for us, if we want to be ensured that God's going to be pleased to bless and use us in our community and to the ends of the earth, the best thing that we can do is be faithful to join him in his work in the world. We remember that we are not the center of our story, but that God is the one that you and I are holding up, and our great hope is found not in ourselves and who we are and what we can do, but in the God who has called us to this place. And so I am hopeful and I'm prayerful that as we move forward into God's future for us, that we would be like the church in Antioch, that sensed God's leading and they set aside people and they sent them out to be a part of his mission in the world and that God would be gracious and pleased to move among us in those ways and we would continue to be a church who has a heart for those outside these walls, that that God might be pleased to allow us to plant more churches 
and to raise up more young people to send out and be a part of his work in the world so that ultimately our joy in him would be more full and he'd be glorified in us and that others would look and they would say, wow, look at all that God is doing at Mountain Brook Baptist Church, not for our glory, but for his glory among us. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for being gracious to call us unto yourself in relationship. And we thank you for the ways we see your hand at work in the lives of so many in our church that you've raised them up and that you've sent them out. Father, if we were to go around this sanctuary, we could name person after person, either in our own families or those in our church family, that we've seen your hand at work and you've allowed us to be a part of that. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to do that kind of work in our church. That your spirit would be moving and active and that we would be people who have a heart to look beyond the walls of our church, to give our young people and others opportunities for ministry, that they may sense your call and we may send them out. Lord, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for all you've done and we thank you for the privilege of being your people and engaging in your mission in the world. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.